0: All right, as they're taking that up, let's just go ahead and start to look at Deuteronomy chapter 7. We've been dealing for the last about six weeks talking about enemies. And if you remember that all Scripture is there for our benefit, all Scripture, even the Old Testament. So when we go to the Scripture, you may look at that and say, how does that apply to my life? How does that apply to today? So if you don't mind, Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 1. When the Lord your God brings you into the land which you go to possess and has cast out many nations before you, the Hittites and the Girgashites and the Amorites and the Canaanites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. Kind of almost get tongue-tied, and you're like, what, what, what? All these enemies, seven nations, greater and mightier than you. And when the Lord your God delivers them over to you, you shall conquer them and utterly destroy them. You shall make no covenant with them, nor show, show mercy to them. Holy Spirit, just teach us today, tonight. Um, in my one-year reading today, again, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit further ahead, but it was on David. And I hadn't put these two together, um, and I'm going to put these two together right now, is when David showed up to the battlefield and there was Goliath and the children of Israel all running and hiding and scared. I want you to know I believe that this scripture here applies. I believe that Goliath had already been delivered to the children of Israel. The children of Israel just had to go and conquer him. They forgot who they were. David didn't forget. David showed up and took a rock and took him down. While Goliath is calling him a dog and say, what are you doing sending this runt out to me? And David's like, man, just keep talking. You just keep running your mouth. You're going down because I know the Lord and I know what he says and I believe him. Now, these nations, what we've been doing is we've been taking the Hebrew, going back to the Hebrew to look at what these ites, Represent, And you can see that Scripture says that these nations, these enemies, are greater and mightier than us on our own. But that God delivers them over to us, even though they've been delivered, we still have to conquer them. You shall conquer. Um, I want to encourage you just for a minute. Are you struggling with some stronghold in your life? I want to tell you that the Lord has delivered that stronghold to you, and you shall conquer that stronghold. But you've got to conquer it. Even though on your own it is mightier than you, you cannot do this on your own, but with the Lord, he's already delivered it to you, but that you shall conquer it and utterly destroy it. Make no covenant with it or or show mercy to it. You know, that... Not making a covenant with it, we understand that. We're not going to join with that enemy, but show no mercy. When you are dealing with the enemy, no mercy. You need to shut it completely down. So, um, we've gone over three so far. We've gone over, Mikey, if you can help me out, and I may can do that. Thank you, go back, I, I messed you up, I'm going to let you do it. The first one is the Hittite. And if you can remember... Uh, this word, if you look it up in the Hebrew, means fear and dread. But what it means is it's a spirit that we use. We use fear tactics in order to control someone. We allow this spirit of fear. And I'm not talking about a spirit of fear where we're afraid. I'm talking about a, a spirit that, that we use to manipulate, to control, to dominate. Um, and I've used the example of a dad to a child uh, lording over and using anger and, and uh, meanness in order to get what you want. Um, as a man, I know that we as men really battle this with, our, with anger. So so many men today in marriages, so many men in the world really battle anger. And uh, this isn't a, heredi- a hereditary trait. This is a spirit that is trying to take families down, trying to take men down, trying to take women down. Amen? Second one is the Gergeshite which means if you look it up, dense or thick. And what we've discussed over the last few weeks is this is a spirit that is keeping you from being able to comprehend, being able to understand. You get out the word of God, but nothing comes in. You don't get it. There is something that's holding you back. And so many times you've had family members, you've had teachers, you've had people in authority, you've had people that should love you, has told you you're dumb and you've bought into it. But scripture tells me, tells you that you have the mind of Christ. That you have been given a spirit of love and power and of sound mind. And that the Holy Spirit is the teacher. So we should be able to overcome that. No more of this I can't learn. I don't read the Bible because I don't get anything from it. No, I think you're battling a spirit that's trying to tell you you're not going to get anything from it. You were created to hear the word of God and understand the word of God and perform the word of God. You were created for that. So, if you're having a hard time understanding, I want you to start warring against this Gergeshite. I'm smart. I am, what is it, beautifully and wonderfully made, perfectly and wonderfully made? There's a scripture that talks about how good I am made. And that I am made in God's image. Are you made in God's image? Yes. And I can learn. I can grow. The third one, the Amorite, very, very powerful one is pride, and how we use pride to not be able to um, even to learn in order, to, even to maybe take in things of God in order to um, humble ourselves. So many times, even in marriage, we become selfish. We become prideful. We won't give in. And this is a spirit. This is not who you are. Sometimes, so many times we tell our spouses, we tell other people, well, that's just how I am. You're just going to have to accept me like that. Well, that's a pretty selfish, foolish way to look at it. And then today, just a key one, the Canaanite. This one means compromise. Now, before I go into it, and this is the only one we're going to do tonight, and I'm going to get done on time. Can you see... Again, we're not trying to think, well, my spouse really is dealing with that. You're right. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. No, we're not talking about your spouse. We're not talking about your boss. We're not talking about people you know or the person sitting next to you. We're talking about you. Can you identify with maybe a little bit? Can you identify and say, maybe I do have a little bit of anger. Maybe I do feel like, you know, I I, uh, was talking to my wife Um, this week, just about how, how Satan and how the world will try so hard to make you think you can't do it, try to stop you from being able to push forward in the direction that you feel like you need to be going, that the Lord's been showing you to go in, but Satan tries to talk you out of it through people, through situations, through circumstances. So, can you identify with any of these? Pride, having a hard time understanding, and tonight, compromise. Canaanite. If you look this one up in the numbers again, that I've given up here, um, are the uh, Hebrew numbers that you look up in the Strong's Concordance. It means peddler, it means merchant, it means trafficker. Comes from the root, root word that means to bend the knee or to humiliate oneself, to bring low or to subdue. Christians that battle this enemy are negotiators and compromises their favorite statement is, let's make a deal. Canaanites are traffickers in materialism, always looking for a way to profit. Jesus said that we must count the cost of discipleship, but Canaanites are always counting the benefits instead of the cost. They will compromise anything in order to stay on the job and to get promoted and to be seen. They don't care who they work for or what they sell as long as the pay is good, as long as as they are exalted. Um, People that battled this Canaanite compromise where they are willing to work. They compromise to maintain a certain lifestyle. This way of life compromises the word in order to maintain comfortability. Now, how can we compromise the word? Have you ever taken a scripture and made it fit the way you wanted it to fit? Have you ever, tra- have you ever had the, let me just call it the Paul Ramsey translation that I kind of read it this way so that I can justify what I'm wanting to do? That's compromising. You know it's wrong. But you talk it over with someone else and they buy into it. Next thing you know, you believe it and you think it's okay and, and it's wrong. Um, let, me, let me meddle a little bit. Denominations struggle with this. Churches struggle with this. Um, we need the Holy Spirit to show us truth the last thing I need is to do things the way I think they need to be done and me miss the way God wants them done. I may think that benefits me, but it doesn't. It will ultimately hurt me. And I want to tell you, church, I've done it. I've taken Scripture and bent it in a way that I could justify uh, what it is that I'm doing. Now, again, I want to ask you again, are you, are you battling a spirit of compromise. So many times we do this with a love for an, because of a love for another person, because of the love of money, or to try to m- remain popular with peers. These are the negotiators and diplomats that can get along with anybody regardless of what that person represents. These are nobles or people that never take a stand in a war because they land on both sides. Canaanites will betray a brother or even sell out the Lord for their desires. But you know, no Christian would just point blank consciously betray the Lord for carnal possessions. The enemy is way too subtle for that. The Lord must deliver this enemy in us. He must show us this enemy for us to even see the compromise in our life. Do you know that we have, the scripture shows us that we have dark places in our heart? I believe that some of those places we don't even know that we have. Um, I, I believe that I have, some Some of my belief systems have been programmed in me by the world, by my parents, by church, by school, that are wrong. Uh, I was talking to somebody, I counsel, I do marriage counseling for, uh, premarital counseling before you get married, and we talk about balancing a checkbook. And that's like, I'm speaking Chinese to young people, they, they don't even know what I'm talking about, balancing a checkbook. Many of y'all look at me like, balance a checkbook. I just look at the online balance. Really? Well, let me tell you something. Let me give you a little bit of an encouragement. Let me give you a word. Banks make mistakes. And we think they don't. I spent a lot, a lot of my life thinking they never made a mistake. Until I started checking. Not literally the checking account I started checking the bank's numbers now they usually don't but they do they make mistakes I don't remember where I was going with that I'm a, I'm a huge believer in balancing your checkbook what was I talking about no I got to go further back than that rewind a little bit further I don't do this often, but I do it more often than, than less than I used to. I'm not that old either. I guess that depends on who I'm talking to. Lord, what was I talking about? Um, just about how subtle Satan is. You know, it's not obvious. It's not obvious and how even with your money, money will slip through the cracks if you do not manage your money. And uh, you know, if the bank made a $5,000 error in your account, I think you would notice it. But a 50 cent error on your account, you may not notice it. And 50 cent errors, enough of them will add up to something. $5 errors will add up to something. You think, oh, I must have gone to Starbucks when that money has just slipped right through but Satan—we've talked about this before—about how Satan does not. If you're this close to God, Satan does not do use these tactics and move you miles away. You would notice that he moves you just a little bit away, creates a little bit of space. And then he, it's what he, it's what happens in marriages. Marriages don't go to completely in love, real tight embrace, intimate, just loving each other to hating each other. It happens over time. Satan will use the same tactics, and he'll use them a lot of times through compromise. You'll just give just a little. Next thing you know, it's a little bit easier to give that again. Maybe you might even give a little bit more. Then you give a little bit more. Then you've got no morals whatsoever. You guys with me? This is a spirit. The Lord's got to deliver us from this enemy before we can see that that we have compromise in our life. That's what I was trying to say. You think you're living by your online balance? It doesn't work. You start balancing your checkbook so that you can you always know to a penny. It'll it'll always come out. I wish I could do that in all areas of my life. Know that I could come out to zero every single time. I wish it was that black and white. I wish in my marriage I could tell when I was starting to have a negative balance. Don't you wish you'd have a little reminder on your phone? Boop. You got a problem. Men are men are men men miss it. Now my wife's good. No, 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 she isn't. Oh, she isn't. Maybe I should go talk to her. Yes, may, maybe you should. How many men need that app? <laughs> they need the Holy Spirit. Whoever said that was that you? We have that app, don't we? Uh, have you downloaded it? The Holy Spirit. <laughs> you remember that, the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and that's something we do. We have it. We've just got to listen. It's important to see that no one ever leaves the place of God Believing that we are compromising or selling our inheritance. And the serpent manifests more subtly than any other beast of the field. Genesis 3 tells us that. Instead of admitting that the price of discipleship is too high, so many Christians will find fault with those whom the Lord has placed over them in an attempt to justify their compromise. How many times have you come in, in into the things of the Lord and people start to speak into you and you reject it. It's hard. Some people speak into my life, and sometimes I have to, I have to chew on it for 10 seconds, for a day, for a week, before it can re- the truth can really get into my heart. Because Satan will come in and try to discredit that person. What do they know? Can you imagine standing before the Lord and trying to excuse... His unwillingness to pay the price for being a disciple. Can you imagine standing before the Lord and trying to give an excuse for our unwillingness to pay the price of being a disciple? Can you imagine saying, Jesus, I know you sent me to All Good Tennessee to be discipled, but the pastors or the deacons there didn't understand me and they treated me wrong, and besides, Pastor Paul's got lots of problems. Oh, it happens every day the Lord starts moving in your life and Satan starts coming and trying to rip that away quickly. And he'll take you and everybody down with him. God has got you here for a reason. God has led him to you for a reason. He loves you. He created you. He wants you. He is thinking about you. And do you know that no correction that the Lord can give is going to ultimately hurt you? It's going to help you. There may be pain for the moment, but there is healing and there is freedom for a lifetime. The Lord has brought you here. And I want to encourage you that neither my wife, nor my children, nor another minister, or even Satan himself can cause me to lose my inheritance. You can't cause that in my life. And I want to tell you something. I can't cause that in your life. Do you know who can cause that? I alone am responsible to stay on the path that the Lord has chosen for me. I don't believe that I can stand before the Lord when he comes back or when I die and say, Wayne is the reason. It's Wayne's fault. Wayne, it's not Wayne's fault. I can't blame it on someone else that did something horrible to me. I have to stand before the Lord and show him. He knows who I am. He knows my heart. But I am responsible for me. I won't get to stand with my wife on behalf of her. She will stand for herself. My children will stand for themselves even though I would like to stand with them. Nope, they're going to have to stand for themselves. Raise children up in the way that they should go so that when they get into stuff, they're not going to depart from it. Because I won't always, stand, I won't always be able to stand with them. Do you know that Esau sold his inheritance for a bowl of soup? He sold his inheritance. Do you remember what happened? He came home hungry, and his brother Jacob said, I'll give you this bowl if you'll give me your birthright. I mean, how? You know what scripture said? Esau hated his birthright, he allowed his hunger. To allow him to sell his brother's birthright. And God judged Esau for despising his birthright by letting it happen. Esau feared the loss of his life more than he loved the inheritance of his father. So many times we compromise the inheritance of the father. What you don't realize is that when you compromise, you are compromising what God has done for you. You're not just compromising that moment. You're compromising the cross. You're compromising Christ in you. That's why God doesn't want to mess with it. Don't take any prisoners. Have no mercy on this guy. Wipe him out. And what comes after we sell our birthright is a lifetime of bitterness and unforgiveness, and pain. Genesis chapter 25, verse 31. But Jacob said, sell me your birthright as of this day. And Esau said, look, I'm about to die. So what is the birthright to me? Then Jacob said, swear to me as, the, as of this day. So he swore to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. And Jacob gave Esau bread and stew and lentils, of lentils. And he ate and drank, arose and went his way. Thus, Esau despised his birthright. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14. Pursue peace with all people and holiness, without which no one will see the Lord. Looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this many become defiled, lest there be any fornicator or profane person like Esau, for who who for one morsel of food sold his birthright for you know that afterward when he wanted to inherit the blessing he was rejected for he found no place of he he found no place for repentance though he sought it diligently with tears 1 Timothy chapter 6 verse 8 and having food and clothing with these we shall be content But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and harmful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness, perceived themselves through with many sorrows. If you feel like that you are battling, and let me tell you, church, I believe that we all at some level battle the spirit of compromise with what we watch, with what we eat, with our actions, with our thoughts, um, with the things that we say, some kind of half-truths. Um, relate with me. Don't miss this, because you've got, to, um, you've got to ruthlessly war against this. And let me tell you, this is something you cannot do on your own. You have got to be in the Word. You've got to be full of the Spirit. And even so, you have both of those things. You still have to go conquer. You still have this enemy that you've got to fight. David was full of the Spirit. David was full of the Word, yet he still had to get the stones and go throw them. Don't leave your stones in your bag. Don't wait until you lose your inheritance. Like with Esau, you can come to a place where there's no more room for repentance. And only the Lord knows where that place is, but I want to be as far away from that line as I can get. Have you ever got to a place where your heart is so hard that you wouldn't move? Think about relationships, think about situations. Don't get there. I've got relationships in my life that I want, my heart wants to get hard. My flesh wants, wants my heart to get hard. And I'll tell you, it's gotten hard. Even this week, things have come up that have just wanted to lose it. you have, you have situations in your life where you just want to just say, I'm done with that? People in your life, you just want to say, I'm done with you. And the Lord is just all the time saying, is that what you want me to say to you? The Lord would say, I'm not done with you. I love you. Keep that heart soft. And if I want you to walk through this, I want you to walk through it. I am with you. There still is reconciliation. I've had a situation, two situations this week. One with a family member. One, and, and it's an extended family member, family member, and one within the church. Someone that had been in the church and that's kind of um, just kind of popped back up into my life. And the, look, can, I, can I encourage you, as bad as maybe your family situations may be, God wants to restore it. Now, I don't know what that restoring looks like. Don't get some image of what restoring looks like. God's restoring doesn't look like you're restoring. It's, it's a lot better. It's a lot different. God's ways are different than our ways. So I can't encapsulize, I can't box in God and say, I don't want you to restore it like this. So I'm not going to be believing for res- restoration. Okay, God. What does restoration look like? Because do you know why I need restoration? So that my prayers aren't hindered. So that my walk with Christ isn't, isn't short of what it can be. Man, are y'all, are y'all with me? I know it's tough. In the spirit of compromise, you know, there are scriptures I can pull out and, and, and justify my heart Pardoning toward that person. Guard your heart with all diligence. Well, okay, I'm gonna guard it against you. (laughs) That's not what he means. That's not what he means. If you have aught against your brother, go to your brother. If your brother has aught against you, go to your brother. Don't even bring your gift to the altar go and get it right. Believe me, I know that's easier said than done. Matthew 19, 29, I'm gonna close. And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my name's sake shall receive a hundredfold and inherit eternal life. 1 John 2, don't love the world or things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away in the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. Father, I just ask that we would seek after you, that we would be in your word, that we would abide in the vine, that we would be in your word, that we would be full of your spirit. And that, Lord, when it's time to move and you're calling for us to move, that we would move. Lord, that if you make a way for redemption, for restoration, for healing, that we would take it. That we wouldn't reject it. And, Lord, I do just pray right now for a couple situations that I have. And, Lord, I just pray for a miracle of um, restoration. And I don't know what it looks like and I really don't want to know what it looks like. I just trust you. I just pray for healing. And I pray that I do not allow a root of bitterness or unforgiveness to have a place in my heart. Father, over this church body, I pray against a root of bitterness and I pray against unforgiveness. Your word commands us to forgive. Lord, we're going to forgive. Doesn't mean we're going to be a sitting duck to be hurt. No, you said to protect our hearts. We're not going to allow the hurt to occur anymore, but we're not going to hold it against them anymore. I pray for restoration and for healing over this church body, over this city, Lord, over our hearts, over marriages, over... Uh, children to parents and parents to children. Restoration, Lord. You know what that looks like. And Lord, I ask for restoration of our relationship to you. I thank you, Lord, that nothing can separate us from your love. Nothing. There is nothing powerful enough to separate me from you. That's how much you love me. We just bless your holy name. And Lord, bless our church, bless the rest of our week. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Have a great week. Go defeat compromise this week. Amen.